Well, good afternoon and welcome to Seattle's Eastside Real Estate Podcast, your go-to source for all things living, working, and playing on the East Side. Today is Wednesday, May 3rd, and we are live on Facebook and YouTube. Feel free to, uh, to like, comment, and share our uh, feed. I hope you find this interesting. If you are listening to a recorded version, please review our um, our uh, wait, review our podcast um, and subscribe on YouTube. We're also um, on Google Podcasts and Spotify, I believe, many others. Uh, today, we're going to uh, bring in uh, Tucker Maxwell with Guild Mortgage Company, and we're also going to be talking with Carly Hull of Mason Mason Staging. <clears throat> but before, and actually, I, I lied, I'm going to actually bring in Tucker Maxwell here for our Real Talk segment. So good afternoon, Tucker. How are you doing? Great, Dan. How are you today? I'm doing great. So we had some phenomenal weather, stuff that we've earned uh, here in the Northwest when you uh, put up with all the rain that we get. Uh, every now and then we get days like Saturday. So I want to hear uh, what, what was your Saturday all about? You know, Dan, I, I was planning to climb some mountains, but the avalanche risk canceled that because it was so nice and it heated up so quickly. Avalanche risk was crazy off the charts. So where were you going? I was going to do um, Putrid's Peak, so up, up by 90, kind of in yeah. the 990 corridor. Isn't there um, like a ledge that you can hike to and then you go up to the peak from there, right? Yep, exactly. And but too, yeah. too much snow and then too much heat makes for not a good thing. Exactly. So I dusted off the mountain biking, went mountain biking closer to town. Awesome. Well, that's great. Uh, obviously, if you are thinking of relocating the area and you're watching this show, um, there is tons of amazing stuff like that to do. If you like hiking, I myself was on the uh, Puget Sound <clears throat> circling the uh, Cypress Island, which is uh, northwest of Anacortes, and uh, hooked my first fish ever. So that was cool. Nice. Very I cool. made some fish tacos. I saw your um, videos. Beautiful. Yeah, it was a super great day for that. So, all right, well, let's talk about three factors that are affecting affordability today. Um, lots of talk about higher mortgage rates and how they're creating affordability challenges for many of our home buyers. And it's true that rates have climbed dramatically, but here's the key point, since record lows, right? So we had record low interest rates. So it's almost like, you know, you didn't know how good you had it. And that's very true. Um, but uh, one of the things I always look back at historical numbers and watching uh, the productivity that happened in 2020 and 2021, uh, that was due to these record low interest rates and a desire to be somewhere. So um, now, even though those factors, you know, have changed, um, it's not just interest rates that mortgages, uh, that, that affordability is based on. It's It's a consideration of things. Uh, but let's start with mortgage rates. So give me some perspective on where mortgage rates are now compared to where they were last year at this time, and then maybe even fourth quarter last year and where you think they're going. Yep. Yeah. So the kind of the key date last year was right around June. I want to say June 3rd or June 4th, right there. The beginning of June was when we saw rates spike. So right here in the april may time frame rates were still sweet they were still in the the threes maybe fours at this point last year and only had begun to start to climb um where we are today is about double that you know a, a client with uh, excellent credit could probably assume high fives and into the sixes right now 
Okay, so high fives are still possible? Yeah, absolutely. Wow, that's that's awesome. So, um, so basically, we had a lot of volatility from like June until, oh, I don't know, November-ish. Does that sound right? Yep, exactly. And then they started ticking down since then and kind of have stabilized to where they're at now. So, um, of course, uh, the, that's not the only thing that affects affordability. Then also there's the home price. And, you know, while we have seen these record low interest rates and high, high demand, the reduction in demand in some places across the country have actually brought down, not down the prices, but slowed the uh, appreciation of prices. And in some cases, maybe it is lowering prices. The, the biggest challenge about home prices falling and gaining, and I think this is the big misconception out there in the marketplace is interest rates went up, home prices are dropping. It's actually true and not true. Um, so to say home prices are dropping, yeah, home prices are dropping over this incredible high that we had where in May, uh, excuse me, March of uh, 2022, um, we were seeing escalation amounts somewhere between seven and 13% above asking price. So now we're actually maybe in some good cases here on the east side, we're still seeing escalations. However, agents have been smart. They've looked at the, the rear view mirror and said, well, we can't demand the prices of last year or more than last year, but we can start a little lower. And because demand happens, there's still a higher price. But um, it is true that this is going to be a very case by case basis. I couldn't even tell you from Sammamish to Issaquah to Redmond to Bothell to uh, Newcastle to Renton, how different it will be. Um, what's the price range? Some price ranges are taking longer to sell. Others are quickly. So it really does depend. But the truth is, is that because there are higher interest rates, um, it, it has taken a few buyers off the market. But will you agree with me, uh, Tucker, there's still some multiple offer situations? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah, on on a well-priced home, for sure. I think where you're not seeing the multiple offer situations where maybe a seller gets a little overzealous, wants to beat out a neighbor, you know, and is a little more passionate about their home and they price it a little higher than maybe you don't see as quite. But yeah, we're, we're dealing with multiple offer situations just like we were before. Um, just lower escalations. Um, you know, people aren't going six figures over list price, but still having to go, you know, five percent or so over list. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah. And I think the importance of that is having a good solid pre-approval letter, which is kind of speak to that. What do you guys do to encourage your uh, potential borrowers to be prepared for the market that may be competitive? Yeah, so you nailed it. Pre-approval is ultimately key because you have to, one, understand your numbers. And the only way for a lender to give you concrete loan approximations is to fully understand the risk that you present to the bank. So we can estimate an accurate interest rate, an accurate payment, and most importantly, your cash to close, which is a combination of your down payment plus closing costs. So you know how much out of pocket you will need to bring in to buy the home and how you then can use that information to work with your agent to strategize on how you're going to handle the appraisal. Right. If we're escalating over list price, there's the potential of a low appraisal. What does that mean for the buyer? Do we need to bring in additional funds to cover that gap? Do we have those additional funds available? Or do we not? And so really understanding your numbers through the pre-approval process will give you the ability to know how much money is left over and how to handle the appraisal. 
And then on top of that, you know, gives you the confidence to waive financing. If you need to, you have a lender that's backed that decision has checked you off as a buyer and says you're good to go so that you have that confidence to be able to potentially waive financing without just completely shooting in the dark there. Awesome. So when, when, uh, when push comes to shove, the, the more preparation you do on the lending side, the, the, the more you will have the opportunity to be in the best possible position to get a house uh, that you're looking for. And that's just, yeah, that's the bottom line on that. Uh, lastly, the third point on affordability is um, despite the amount of unemployment that we're seeing, which is actually kind of slight, slid back to record lows in, in some sectors, I know we're hearing a lot of stuff about layoffs, but um, what are you hearing from a standpoint of um, qualification standards, meaning, you know, in, in the area here in Bellevue, our median home price is one and a half million. So, um, you know, the, 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 the individuals that are qualifying for that generally have pretty good salary to start with. Is that, am I correct in that? Absolutely. Yeah. Very, very few buyers, even anywhere near the area median incomes for most of our borrowers. Yeah. Yeah. So that that the truth of the matter is, is that we have a well-employed population, but there's all this layoffs. So who who's getting laid off? Where are they going and what are they doing? And if that's not if it's I mean, we still have a lot of buyers. So where are the where are the uh, where's the movement on um, earnings for people? Yeah. So uh, it's, it's an interesting point. And a lot of the layoffs we're seeing are in the tech sector which is you know specific to the east side we have a, an enormous tech sector here on the east side i think one thing going for us is the the space companies spacex blue origin some of those companies specifically redmond they i think they're starting to call it space city it's doing very well and they're hiring and so if these uh, folks are leaving google microsoft or one of those traditional tech companies there are other jobs available in, in these other fields, also biotechnology um, that are willing to hire these. So from a qualification standpoint, there is the risk of layoffs, but there are still jobs available for those people. And then the second thing that we see is we have a, a lot of dual income households in this area. It's very common for both, you know, both partners to, to have good income. And at, their, at the incomes we just talked about, they can almost always qualify for the home with just one of their incomes. So while there's the risk of layoff, the likelihood of them both being laid off is, is fairly low. And so most of the buyers are saying, yeah, we, maybe we won't stretch to you know, 1.8, but we're still go, willing to go to 1.2 because one of us can carry that payment, no problem. You know, something occurred to me as you talked to me through that um, is I know specifically, um, um engineers programmers programmers engineers you know that whole yeah. kind of tech sector that you think of people that work for microsoft well i had people that work for t-mobile so that's that's cellular and i've seen them go to amazon right and then which is retail goods and online store and all that a lot of different things and then going over to say google right and i didn't even think about aerospace i.e outer space yeah. um but somebody with that skill set, if they get laid off from Amazon, boom, it's going to go right over to one of these other industries that are diverse. So, I mean, that that is kind of the hallmark of what makes the east side um, such a desirable place for people to live is there is that diversity of if you're good at what you do and 
one industry or you know type of industry has scale scale backs or cutbacks you can easily pivot and go over to other ones. I didn't even think about that. So that's a great point. Well, listen, I combined our real talk and our mortgage moment into a real mortgage moment. Ooh, that, that could be like a new segment. Um, right. And so uh, I know you have some stuff on uh, loan level and price adjustments. And let's save that topic for next week. Um, so Tucker, if people are looking to get approved uh, to take advantage of this market, here's the thing is this may not be that market where you're like, hurry up and get in. But it is a market that if you're looking to not pay somebody else's mortgage, um, there's plenty available. So how do people get a hold of you, Tucker? Yep, I'm on Facebook, LinkedIn. Um, so just search Tucker Maxwell with Guild Mortgage and uh, you can find me in all the platforms. Okay. Or on top of a mountain. Yep. Happy to find you there. All right. Tucker, thanks for coming on. Absolutely. Thanks, Dan. All right. We're going to have a short commercial break. After that break, we're going to be welcoming uh, one of our stagers, Carly Hall with Mason Staging. Come back after this short commercial break. You take your car to the shop to check under the hood to make sure everything is working properly. You take your body to your doctor every six months for a checkup to ensure you're healthy. You get your teeth cleaned at the dentist often. <laughs> okay, well, maybe not often. But what are you doing to make sure your house is staying in tip-top shape? At Key Inspection Services, we value quality, expertise, and education above all else. We inspect all types of homes of any size and age, whether you are buying or selling or just wanting to learn more about your current home. Our services are designed to be a one-stop shop for all homeowner needs. We offer sewer scopes, air quality testing, mold testing, infrared scans, and more. Whether we are reaching new heights on a roof, traversing the trenches of a crawl space, or having a crappy day scoping your sewer, <laughs> no pun intended, we strive to give you the best service possible. As the number one home education and inspection company in the Puget Sound region, our goal is to ensure that you are more knowledgeable about your biggest asset at the end of the day. You can easily book online at www.keyinspectionservices.com or give us a call at 800-748-8766. Welcome back to the show. I am joined here by uh, lead designer of Mason Staging, Carly Hall. Welcome to the show, Carly. How are you? Thank you. I'm great. How are you? Um, so Tucker and I were talking about this great weekend, so I'm going to bring you into it. Tell me that you weren't just staging all weekend. <laughs> I did a little, but uh, no, we went and uh, went to the Tulip Festival up in Skagit County. I knew it. You were one of the reasons why it took me so long to get up to La Conner. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh. I forget what a hot mess it is to try and get through uh, Marysville and uh, all that. And actually, I didn't see a single tulip. Oh. Yeah. I mean, maybe I might have saw one, but I don't remember it. Uh, if I did, I might have been so mad because I just wanted to get out and get on the boat. So, um, yeah. That's neither here nor there. Uh, tulip Festival is great. Did you have fun? Yeah, we had a really good time. It was such a gorgeous day. Ugh. Yeah, it's an awesome day to be out. Well, listen, uh, Carly, uh, as um, we're going to talk about um, how you can, um, as a seller of a home, how and why you should spruce up the home prior to getting going. So let's talk about staging uh, for people that are still living in the home. What is, uh, you know, that's a big question that we get all the time. Like, hey, we're here. This is going to be uncomfortable. What do you recommend? So um, oftentimes I will come in and do a consultation and then we decide, you know, what can stay and what, you know, absolutely needs to go. And then uh, I will come in on the, usually the day that photos are taken and um, 
add to just what you have already in the home and then um, it stays there. Some some clients uh, take some parts of it out, like the bedding and stuff, you know, because they want to still sleep in their bed. Um, and then they just usually put it back, um, you know, if there's an open house or something like that. But we definitely have that come up quite a bit um, where the house is still occupied and we stage around it and make it look great. What is, uh, what's the most awkward thing you've had to ask somebody to move out of a house to stage it? <laughs> oh, uh, terrible artwork. Uh, and um, this is where where it's really important to have a professional come in and speak to, you know, a realtor's clients so that you're not having to tell them that, you know, there are things they need to go. And this is where I get to be, you know, the heavy and I do it in a very kind way. And I just explain how the home needs to flow nicely and we need to make a cohesive environment that people can envision themselves in. Um, and your stuff is not doing that right now. <laughs> so I had, I did have one lady tell me, you don't like my things. Right. Right. And it's like, no, it's nothing personal. It's just, I think those other people don't like them. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, I, I've well, come you, know, up... you just be blunt and say, you know, the bust of you and your son. Yeah, it's got to go. <laughs> right. It's not going to work here. No. Um, I mean, but... and I try, I try to prepare um, our clients for a, a conversation of um, if you were to sell your car, most likely you're going to clean out all your personal items and you're going to have it smelling clean and fresh, you know, it's detailing. Um, so what about the process of a vacant home? How, how, do, how do you handle that? That's the best. Uh, you know, it's a clean canvas for me. And um, I do have to bring in, you know, a lot more furniture, but I get to really create a space from nothing. And um, I, I love to tie in, of course, what the house already has and match it with, um, you know, any particular paint colors or flooring or anything like that. But um, yeah, that definitely is my favorite uh, when I get to create a space, all of my own design. That's good. Okay. So um, a clean canvas. So typically if I talk to somebody um, and we're talking about, let's say a four bedroom, two bath house, are you staging all those rooms? Um, some, some clients like to have every room staged. Um, and I do give clients the option to just have as many rooms as they would like. Um, we do, a, we run a special card called the heart of the home, um, where it's the kitchen, dining room, living room, and then we include the master bath and the master bedroom in that one. So those are really the most important rooms for client, for, you know, perspective buyers to see staged um but then we can easily add on you know an office or a kid's room or anything like that um that you know definitely fills in the pictures um when they're viewing it online so that they can definitely see enough of the space and get an idea for if they love it or not do you have a style i definitely have a style um i would say it was it's more farmhouse um french decor and i t i keep keep pretty close to that i do add some modern elements 
Um, but I definitely do a mixture of not too modern and not too farmhouse, some, somewhere in the middle. Farmhouse French. And um, if, if, uh, if somebody's style doesn't mix with that, what do you do in that instance, right? So like we talked earlier about parcels, partial staging, how do you get around that? So I, I definitely need to see the space ahead of time. I, I preferably like to walk it, but if I can't walk it, I do have agents send me really good photos and I can do it with that. Um, but I get really creative and uh, I do have quite a, a large other color palette that isn't necessarily what, you know, I would go to for myself, but it allows me to draw in what people already have and like mesh it all together. So I definitely work always with what they have. If there's one particular color, I'm definitely matching things to it um, and making it work. So it, sometimes when people have something you know, like this red chair and they just love this red chair and they sit in it every day, they gotta have it. And instead of just covering it up, I like to enhance it with other colors in the room so that it, it looks like it feels like it should be there. So then do you have any Easter eggs in your staging? You know what I mean by that? <laughs> like little, little weird knickknacks that nobody really knows what they're for, but you only see them in staged houses. Do you have something that you're like, this is my go-to? <laughs> um, well, let's see. I, uh, I use a ton of black and white. I think that that would be something that a lot more people, a lot, I use than a lot more other stagers. Um, but, hmm, I fold my blankets a really particular way. And so I could, I can always tell if somebody's messed with my things because they're not oh. anyway. <laughs> and I use a lot of beads too, like the long string of beads, and they always get messed with in every home. I come like, back. I don't know if you can see this, but what is that thing, right? <laughs> a a very thin vase. It's a vase, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but there's no flowers in it. I don't know. It's just one of those things that I here I believe like staging is an art form, right? It is very much a creative uh process and it's super important i have to say anybody thinking about selling a house it doesn't matter how old or new the house is staging can staging can almost detract um and you know so I'm, a, I'm a firm believer in uh staging helps people feel warm and comfortable in the house and yeah. if you walk into a vacant house it's going to feel vacant it's going to feel uncomfortable period because no right. home without furniture is comfortable it's just not it's just yeah. utilitarian. So um, I'm a big, big fan of it. And, you know, stuff like that, you know, where you're like, ah, I don't know what that is. Um, it, I don't know, it comes in handy. Um, okay, yeah. so the name, the name Mason Staging, where did you get the name? Uh, it's Maison, and it's a French word for home, home staging. <laughs> uh, we should put an accent over the O. <laughs> Maison. I know. Maison I know. Staging. Yes, and people, I correct them a lot, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, um, all right, Maison staging, because it's French, <laughs> as in French farmhouse, right? Mm-hmm, exactly. Very good. Um, is there any kind of special or promotion, anybody watching or listening to this uh, podcast? 
Yeah, um, for that Heart of the Home package, I will definitely give them a screaming discount on that one. Um, and something where I really try and um, help my clients as much as possible is to get the staging done when you need it best. So I definitely keep my schedule as open as possible, and I'm super flexible with, to work with. So we'll get it listed when you want to get it listed. <laughs> awesome. Carly, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right. So uh, before we end the podcast, I just wanted to kind of go over this Friday for my international holiday fans is uh, Cinco de Mayo. So here are a few fun things to do to celebrate uh, the Mexicans Army's victory over the French forces in the Battle of Puebla, May 5th, 1862. Uh, you can visit a Mexican restaurant. Um, my daughter, uh, my, my niece is fond of Azteca. Um, I, I like just about any tacos to be honest. I made carne asada tacos last night. They were delicious. Um, a Seattle CenturyLink field has a Cinco de Mayo celebration, including live music, dance performances, and of course, authentic uh, Mexican cuisine. Uh, you can visit a local tequila bar, uh, like Ocho Mexicala Oxtaca. I don't know where that is. That doesn't say where it's at. I'm just reading that. And um, let's see, Seattle's International Film Festival, screening Mexican films coming up. Well, listen, if you know somebody that would love to be a, a feature their business or their service here on the east side, I'd love an opportunity to bring them on. I want to thank our guests, Carly and uh, Tucker, for coming on today. Thank you guys very much. Um, and you guys have a great week. Um, that's the end. You too. Awesome. Thanks, Dan. You too. Bye, Dan. Bye.